Hey, I'm Tim. And I'm True. And this is the Hearts and Hands Podcast. In episode five, we talk about our use of technology in worship and have a conversation with Tom Plowman about how he uses technology creatively. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Hearts and Hands podcast. I'm your host, Drew Sonnenberg, joined as always by my co-host, Tim Babbler. Tim, how are you doing? Doing pretty well, Drew. How about you? Not too bad. Not too bad. So today's episode, we're talking about technology quite a bit. So I was wondering, Tim, if you could talk a little bit about how you use technology up at your church. Yeah. Well, we actually, um, right now we operate on three different uh, campuses, and we actually use technology quite intensively, some in a creative way and some not so much. Partially, we, we use it on our satellite campuses to broadcast the sermons that are pre-recorded. And in doing so, we just have a video recording service that we use, and then we overlay PowerPoint slides as needed. But I think the way that it's, it's done a little more creatively for us is when we're putting up slide lyrics or when we're putting up um, any sort of images or graphics during the sermon in order to help aid the presentation along. The tricky thing right now is... On our Green Bay campus, we have two TVs set up as our as our screens, and they are they are set up as widescreen. And on our main campus, we have two large screens that are mounted on the wall that are the standard four by three. So no matter what we do, we have to make two separate presentations. Yeah. And then on our third campus as well, it's it's another widescreen format TV. So one of the things that we're hoping to do in order to help the creative process along is actually switch over to ProPresenter. We are in the process now of training our um, all the staff necessary, just because you can create such a high-quality product using ProPresenter. Yeah, for those unfamiliar, could you talk a little bit about what ProPresenter does? Yeah, ProPresenter is a, really, it's like a church upgrade for, for something like PowerPoint. You have to download ProPresenter on your computer. It does cost a, a license fee. Um, but the product that you can and put out from there, I mean, uh, you can download song lyrics directly from CCLI and you just transfer them into place. You can modulate slides while a presentation is happening. You don't have to, you know, you wouldn't have to get out of the presentation to get back in. It's just a very, a very upgraded version, I guess, of a presentation software. And there's others like it, um, Proclaim and things like that. But and, and it's geared specifically for use by churches, right? That is correct. Yeah, here at Illumin, we're pretty much Apple people, so we use Keynote, which is the Apple equivalent of PowerPoint. But it has some pretty pretty interesting features that you can use for transitions and things like that and allows us to put out a pretty high-quality presentation on a weekly basis. Speaking of high-quality presentations, um, can you talk a little bit about any or sort of software you use for the creation of, of any sort of images or... Um you know, for Instagram posts, for example, or things like that for blogs? Yeah. For starters, I want to emphasize that when it comes to visual art and, and design and things like that, I that is not my realm. That's not my forte. But I've found a lot of different resources, and all of them are free, uh, available online, that just kind of make it a lot easier to put out something that looks really nice. The most important one would be Canva.com. They have a lot of different templates for any, 
anything you might want. So social media posts, even just like the Facebook banners, uh, you can make posters, you can make flyers, you can make invita- invitations to your Christmas Eve service, any of those things. They'll have templates of all of those different types of things, and they're very customizable. So you can, if you really don't like the color, or you really don't like the font or something like that, you can switch that up. But they're all very well done and look look great. You can even like take one thing you've created and like magically change it to different formats. So if you make a really nice looking poster, but you also wanted something that looks good on Facebook and you also wanted something that looks good on Instagram, it reformats it to fit the different just sizes and, and shapes that you need for the to look good in different formats. So that's one that I found really helpful. I actually use Canva very, very much myself. I've used it for, for personal use and then also um, even with Wells Creatives for our Instagram page. All the posts you see there are done on Canva. And it's a lot simpler than uh, someone trying to do something, you know, with a paid product that someone actually knows what they're doing. <laughs> but you, you just you learn a few things about about design and a few things about what what looks good and what's going to catch people's eye. And then you just run with it. Yeah, it does especially with social media and things like that, the, there's kind of a certain design or aesthetic that's popular nowadays, and it's probably going to change. But the good news is that they're constantly putting out new templates and things like that. So I don't have to worry about keeping up with the times because they're doing that work for me. Right. Yeah, And one of the other resources I like is a website called pablo.buffer.com. Um, just has over 600,000 images that are public domain for you to use. Uh, they work well as, as slide backgrounds if you need it for a specific series. They work well as backgrounds to posts or to anything. You can add text right in there or you can download. Once you decide what size you'd like, you can download it and then import it right into Canva. Yeah, uh, on a similar vein, I use two websites for public domain images. One's called Pixabay and the other is called Pexels. We'll put links to all of these in the show notes as well, so you don't have to write them down right now. But yeah, just tons, thousands and thousands of public domain images that, you know, any theme or any landscape or whatever you're looking for as a background or as, or even as more of a, a focused image. Yeah, there's just tons of free resources out there. Well, let's hear from one of the experts in creative technology and get to our interview with Tom Plowman. Today, we have the pleasure of welcoming Tom Plowman to the podcast. Welcome, Tom. Oh, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, For those who don't know you, Tom, could you introduce yourself a little bit? Absolutely. Uh, My name is Tom Plowman. I live in Appleton, Wisconsin, and I am the Technology and Creative Arts Director for the 922 Ministries, which includes uh, the St. Peter Church campus and the core campus downtown Appleton. So my main job is uh, during the week is just rounding up uh, different media, whether it be uh, video, still graphics, uh, motion graphics uh, that would pertain to the upcoming Sunday service. I kind of uh, oversee a lot of volunteers that also uh, have input in that creative part of the service. Excellent. A lot of times when people think about technology when it comes to the church, especially in our circles with some of our, our smaller churches, they just think of the guy who makes sure the guitar isn't too loud or that you know, the lights are turned on and all that. They don't really view it as a creative field. So what would you say about your position that makes you think of it as, as a creative field? Well, that's a, it's a good question. I, I think mostly would be the, uh, 
the creative parts of what helps enhance the message that Pastor is uh, is putting out each Sunday. And what I mean by that is uh, we get together on a, a regular basis with our creative team, and our pastor goes over the sermon series that are upcoming, uh, and then what he would like to relay in those messages. And then we as a creative team find different means and ways of adding um, in a media sense uh, to help his message come across more clearly. So it really entails a lot of different things from, like I said, from videos to still graphics. And then uh, as we develop those, we run those by pastor to make sure we're on the right avenue, so to speak, of what he's trying to relay. So that's kind of my job is, is to make sure that we're kind of pinpointing the message that he's trying to put across each Sunday and then to add to that. Are there any resources that you found particularly valuable as you put together these different packages? Not really. You know, we do a lot of search, of course, on the Internet, but we try to actually do most of our media in an original way that pertains to our church. So we're not real keen on using canned material, so to speak. Uh, So we try to originate uh, most of our media material uh, in-house, and uh, that makes it unique to our churches. Gotcha. So what software or tools do you use as you create these things? My biggest software package would be the Adobe Creative Suite, uh, and that entails uh, Premiere, After Effects, and uh, Audition for the audio part. My motion graphics, I use Cinema 4D, uh, and that's a, a more involved program. I do have another gal in our office, Alicia Mose, who helps with our media graphics and motion graphics. So I kind of hand off a lot of projects to her, and uh, she's doing a great job with that, too. Tom, I've had the privilege of actually uh, visiting your your tech booth at your downtown Appleton campus, The Core. And you were telling me something about a video you created to just explain something. What? How many hours usually go into the creation of a video for a sermon illustration? Well, that can really vary, but when you're really trying to get a message across and you're using original material, it can get quite extensive. Uh, I know we did a, a Doris video that was trying to help Pastor describe how God sees us, like in the past, present, future sense, and it's something that we have a hard time wrapping our heads around. So we came up with a video for that. Uh, it was a about a minute, 10-second video. I had about 40, 50 hours in that. On Good Friday, which is our big service from a media standpoint, we tend to usually put three to 400 hours into uh, into the media for Good Friday. Another time when I had the privilege of visiting your campus during a church service, I saw you guys use a very large screen. Can you talk a little bit about how the, the projectors play into the creativity, using each of them differently, including the special projection on the cross? Absolutely. I think our, our screen is actually one of our big points of our service because it's actually used to create an environment for pastor's message. So it basically covers the entire wall behind pastor. And uh, during the service and during the sermon, we use that uh, screen to show uh, sermon graphics, uh, videos that pertain to the message, and also all of the scripture references that he is uh, saying during the service. So it becomes very uh, much part of the message and uh, it gives the congregation an opportunity to really uh, see the message, so to speak, of what pastor's saying. For those of us who aren't 
as blessed as, as you are to be able to have a full-time technology director and to have uh, such a extensive budget for, for some of the things like you were talking about with this projector system. Is there anything you would recommend for uh, maybe a smaller church that's just kind of getting their feet wet with regards to visual technology and, and integrating it into the service? Yeah, I, I think you can start out uh, with a smaller budget, uh, maybe with a single or, or two screens, one on each side. There are a lot of companies now available on the internet that supply graphics material for churches at a very reasonable price. A lot of them are subscription-based, but it allows those who maybe don't have a, a creative arts person producing material to actually be able to purchase those items uh, to use on Sunday. There's a lot of uh, instructional videos that you can find, uh, especially on YouTube. That's pretty much where I learn everything. Uh, so if you do have ideas that you'd like to maybe try to pull off, I, I just do a YouTube search and uh, it kind of shows, walks myself through it. It's very educational and uh, it's it's free. So I guess that's where I would start if I had nothing to, to begin with. And this is kind of a shot in the dark, but do you know of any workshops or programs or things of that nature for someone who's looking to kind of bolster their education with regards to this other than obviously YouTube, which is free? Well, one area that I have found very effective is actually going to creative tech conferences that are put on for churches in particular, and those are held around the country. But I have found they're well worth the fees of attendance because not only do you get to go to workshops to see how things are done, but you actually get to hang out with other creative people in the churches and find out what they're doing. And I've actually made a lot of contacts and friends that I still stay in contact with that, that help me out in different projects that I'm doing. So that would be a, a great place. And then there's just other sources for, for church media like Igniter Media uh, and places like that that have a lot of resources for the church. And I think as you start just kind of paging through some of that stuff, it, it uh, spurs on ideas that you can use in your own church. Are there any, you said there's these workshops across the country, are there any in particular that you really enjoyed or really found useful? Yeah, I think the one that uh, that we actually send uh, uh, usually about four people from our church to each year is the SALT conference in Nashville. Uh, that usually is held in October. Uh, it's a two and a half day conference. They bring experts from around the country. And uh, like I said, it's well worth the fee and Every year we come back from that, we're, we're charged and ready to do things and new things and, uh, and fresh ideas. Sometimes you will hear the criticism of using a, a screen or various other visual technology in a church as being distracting or unnecessary. Um, what would you say to defend against a criticism like that? That's actually a very good point, and it's something that we talk about frequently. We don't do media just to do it. We always are aware of the pastor's message and what he's trying to put forth in his message. So we actually, as we develop things, we continually run them past our pastors to make sure we're on track with what he's trying to do on Sunday so that uh, we don't get distracting, as you say, but we're actually helping his message. Because we have found that media along with the dialogue is much more effective 
and uh, people retain it better than just uh, dialogue alone. So it's a it's an important part of what we do in our church, but we're very conscious of not letting that become become the message, so to speak, and uh, just basically helping with the message. That's great. So it's definitely a tool. It's not a crutch. Correct. Correct. It is a tool. Tom, this conversation has been awesome. If people would like to find out more information about your church or about you, uh, where would you send them? Uh, actually, you can find out about both of our campuses uh, by going to 922ministries.com. And that'll take them to both the St. Peter and the CORE website. And we'll have those links for you in the show notes as well. Thank you again, Tom, for coming on the show with us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. That just about wraps it up for another episode of the podcast. As always, if you'd like to get into contact with us about questions you'd like to hear answers to, guests you'd like to hear from on the podcast, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at heartsandhandspodcast at gmail.com. You can also catch us on all social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Wells Creatives. And be sure to check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash heartsandhandspodcast. You can subscribe there for more bonus content and uncut episodes as things are available. And we appreciate all the support so far. Thank you for joining us for another episode. We'll see you next time.